On this week's bumper show as we start 2024, we've got reaction from Sammy Moore after what proved to be his final game in charge of Faversham Town. Up until 70 minutes, we were we were comfortable. I felt we was in the sort of the ascendancy to, to go and score, where you know we switch off, it's cost us, it knocks the stuffing out of us. But there was delight for Deal Town boss Steve King as his side beat the league leaders. We try and create an environment where players enjoy themselves, first and foremost. And I think if players are happy, they enjoy coming, they enjoy training, you're likely to get the best out of them. Still unbeaten into the new year in the league, we hear from Cray Valley PM boss Steve McKim. It's good. It's good at the moment. Um, we're still unbeaten. Um, we've just got to keep, keep riding the wave and, and enjoying the moment. But frustration after a second late defeat in a row for Seven Oaks Town. We have from their assistant boss, Adam Fleming. We've done so well over the last two games. Um, and unfortunately, you've got nothing to show for it. Um, and as a coach and as a manager, you hate to hear, unlucky you played well. A winning return to Margate for Andy Drury. He discusses his first victory in charge of Folkestone Victor. They got to concentrate on themselves before they start giving sticks to me, to be honest with you. But they're, they're, they're the least of my worries. I concentrate on folks in Victor. It's a great club. Um, it's got a great chairman, great board of directors, uh, and the, the team will get better as we go on in the season. But more disappointment for Mark Stimson as Margate's wait for a win goes on. We looked a little bit more of a threat uh, going forward, but nowhere near uh, what I'd like to have seen. And uh, we've, got to, we've got to work harder. Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Kent Only Podcast, sponsored by Sandwich Town Youth FC. We are back with our first episode of 2024 and it's a bumper one for you as well. As you've already heard, we've got no less than six interviews for you to enjoy as we dissect all of the action over the busy festive period. I'm John Phipps, you saw more completed Kent Non-League games in the space of 48 hours last weekend than I had the rest of the season to date, which is pretty darn poor, to be honest, from one of the hosts of this show. And joining me, of course, is the man who... What I wouldn't say his absence guarantees a win for Dover, it certainly seems to give them a boost. Uh, aside from missing another Whites victory, how are you, Matt Gerard? And how was your Christmas? Happy New Year! Yeah, good mate. It was a it was a nice break. Um, went far too quick. I, I know I have ten days off work, so but um, yeah, it seems to go quick. But it was a really nice, enjoyable break. Um, yeah, it was yeah, it was good. My wife daughter had, had to have an operation on her teeth, so that was a bit stressful. Uh, a week ago, but she's all up and running now. So, yeah, all all good, mate. All good. Looking forward to 2024 because, um, yeah, it's going to be a good year, hopefully. Yeah, well, fingers crossed. I mean, you know, there's lots to look forward to. Um, I, I mean, I, I had an amazing 2023 anyway, but I know not everybody did. Um, but it's, it's one of those things. You can have a good year and a bad year. So I'm hoping to carry on um, this little bit of a boost because I didn't have a great 2022. Well, the first half of it anyway. Uh, an amazing 2023. Uh, so let's see what 2024 has got in store, shall we? Have you made any I'm taking you've got loads of concerts coming up for bands I've never heard of. Uh, I've not got that many, actually. Um, I think all I've actually got in the calendar at the moment... It's the Foo Fighters in the summer. You've heard of them, haven't you? Yeah, I've, I've got a couple of their songs on my playlist. Oh, have you? Is it is it a cassette playlist? No, yeah, yeah, there's something like that. Yeah, but I, I did added them through that. So uh, from that, but of course, I, um, I want to, yeah, in 24, I've got the I'm going to the Euros for a few days, so that would be good. Got some games there, uh, family holidays, just generally bits and pieces. Make the most of it, and you know, I could say because. Now I can say next year I've got a very big birthday, so uh, oh bloody hell, yeah. as much as I can. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm ninety nine point nine percent sure that I'll be moving this year. 
Uh, and I would say there's a small chance that this time next year I might be married. But who well, knows? I, I did, uh, as people may have seen on, on X the other day, I did make a mistake the other day of going on um, Facebook and I clicked on an advert about wedding invites. Oh, my no. God, I am being inundated now. Every time I go on Facebook, it's like, have you considered this wedding band three grand? No, I'm not paying three grand for a wedding band. And, do you know, it's it's really difficult. We haven't looked into it too much yet. You know, we, we've we've got a, a plan in our head of what we want to do. Um, but the problem is, is as soon as anyone hears the W word, everything goes up in price, doesn't it? And, you know, that, that means, you know, we kind of decided we want it, we want, a small ceremony and then a bit of a party. We don't want the whole big. Um, you not know. going to Vegas to be married by Elvis then? No, I don't think so. Um, I don't think my mum would forgive me, Matt. If I'm <laughs> um, but I think you know you get, you we, get, it's all about you, mate. It's about pleasing other people as well. You have got to think about that. Well, we don't. We don't want have the big sit down meal. Um, we did. We did sit on New Year's Eve and we tentatively wrote out a guest list. So that was the start. Wow. Um, so we know sort of how many people we want to cater for now. So that's you know, positive steps. It's just finding somewhere that's going to do it. Because the second you say, oh, we want to get married, then all of a sudden it's like, oh, that's going to cost you. And it's actually, do you know what? We don't want that. We just want to have a nice time for us and our nearest and dearest and and go from there, you know? Again, this is a very sexist thing. Women love this sort of thing, mate. <laughs> I got married a long time ago. What, 17, 17 years we this year, so... But yeah, it, again. Did you did you have a big wedding? Yeah, oh yeah, we um, our reception was at Broom Park. Remember Broom Park? Yeah, it's yeah next to in um in Bridge Bridge. Yeah, so yeah, we, it was uh probably yeah we, it was a, yeah it was a big yeah it was a yeah it was a big wedding yeah so um and I have to say I loved every second of the when I got married and I'd love to do it again because it was great fun. So um yeah it was a good day so. Along with my birth and my children, um, one of the best days because you're because you're the centre of attention, and I didn't think I'd like that, but I did because everybody's so happy for you. If you understand what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I, yeah, I'm 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 looking forward to it. Um, I say it's, we don't know when it's going to be yet, where it's going to be. We've got a rough idea of how many people might turn up. So, you know, in some ways, that's a positive. There's loads uh, of programs on telly about weddings, but yeah, there is. It's a big industry, mate. So it's been popular for a long time. Yeah, I know, I know, and it's like you know, and and I, the, the only important thing for me actually is that we actually get married to each other because that's all I actually really care about is you know, as I'm sure you appreciate and for tax reasons. <laughs> no, but I'm sure you appreciate from 17 years ago. It's it's yeah. it's all it's yeah, all yeah, about yeah. actually standing up in front of people that you're close to and telling the the love of your life that you want to hang around. Yeah, exactly. And the dad do, mate. Uh, not one of them. You could do a, a game, a non-league game of football, dressed just as a daffodil, like in the darts or something. I think you'll find Matthew. If I'm doing a non-league game of football uh, in any form, I'll be dressed as a reporter getting interviews after the game, as people will have it's seen from Seven Towns tweets uh, on the, uh, the. Talking way. about the darts, I've just finished watching it thanks to your Sky Go. Again, it's. It, 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 it's caught. There must be a very slow news time, but it's caught the imagination of the country. This poor lad. If if you didn't know the score, he just lost. But um, what's your feelings on this? 
I mean, he's done brilliant, hasn't he? He's, yeah. he's done so well. Um, you know, amazing. And, and yeah, it has caught the imagination of the country. And people are talking about darts again, which I think the last few years, you know, I've watched a lot. I, I've always watched it. I've always been a big fan um, of it ever since I was growing up. But, you know, this is the most it's been talked about for a long time to, to see this young man. And I suppose, Matt, you've got two teenage daughters. Uh, I can't remember exactly how old they are. But do you think either of them would be capable of being on the world dart stage at 16? It would take a lot, to be fair. But a lady at work is well into her darts. She goes in it. And a couple of years ago, she mentioned this kid's name. And she's put a lot of money on him before he even started his tournament. And she would have won. If he'd won, she would have won a lot of money. She's still won a lot now because he went him each way. But if I was, I should have listened to her because this was about two years ago. She said, oh, this guy's the new big thing. But she's going to win a lot of money on um, uh, running it. But some people would. But he did, uh, yeah, really well. But the other guy was just too strong in the end for him. So there you go. But it's, it's, um, it's a caught the imagination of the world. Let's hopefully the press don't try and knock him back down with his 21-year-old girlfriend who he met <laughs> playing FIFA. He is really right, ruling the world. Six, one, 200 grand playing darts. And he's got a 21-year-old girlfriend who he met playing FIFA. Surely he's one life, isn't he? Well, do you know what, Matt? If that happened to me at 16, I don't know if I'd have made 42, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, it's our 279th episode this week. And apparently that's the amount of twins per 10,000 births in Benin in 2011, which made that the twin capital of the world, which is pretty impressive. And also, less cheerfully, uh, in Greenland for the past 30 years, an average of 279 billion tonnes of ice have been lost every year thanks to global warming. And if that doesn't get your 2024 off to a good start, then I really don't know what else I can do, Matt. To be fair, mate, it's been the weather's been lovely. I've got apart from the rain, temperatures been good when I'm taking the dog out. Football, I haven't been cold. I, I'm not complaining. Sorry, world. It's been good for me. My feet haven't got cold when I've been at football. Uh, and um, walking a dog, it's not cold. So keep it going, 2024. It's the wind and the rain, though, isn't it? I mean, like my my train journeys this week have not been fun. Uh, um, and yeah, it's just, oh, just... Did you see on the um, uh, London Eye, apparently something popped open when they were at yeah. the top? Yeah. That I mean, would have been scary. Yeah, I, I didn't... Uh, I did the London Eye, oh, more than 10 years ago. Um, and it's safe to say that I didn't dislike it. I'm not great with heights. I didn't dislike it, but I didn't like the bit at the very top. And if that had happened at the very top, uh, I would have uh, not been keen. But uh, uh, having said that, uh, the London Eye was I, was an absolute walk in the park compared to that bloody thing in Brighton. Do not do that if you're scared of heights. There's some top tourism tips for you. Uh, let's get on with the show. Let's talk about some football. Uh, we're going to start with the big news in the Southern Counties East League, where after three games without a win over the festive period, the league leaders Faversham have parted company with their boss, Sammy Moore, on Tuesday. Moore took over in November 2022. He was unable to prevent relegation last season. And now, despite being top of the scaffold, He's lost his job. His last game in charge was the 4-2 defeat to Deal on Saturday, a game I was at. And as I spoke to Sammy, I think it's actually still worth listening to what he had to say in what proved to be his last, well, actually next to last, because he spoke to the club media after he spoke to me, uh, into as Faversham Town manager. So here he is, the now former Faversham Town boss, Sammy Moore. Yeah, uh, you know, I thought first half, you know, I thought we played some good stuff. We showed great character to come back in the game. I think the first probably three or four minutes, you know, we're in there off, you know, we have, a, we have a couple of shots, we have a corner, and then the first attack, they go up and score, you know, as the most disappointing with it, with the goal. And then second goal, you know, we've done set pieces on Thursday, we've got them up in the board, Connor loses his man, scores. Um, 
you know, and then we, I thought, I thought first off, played some great football, some great combination play. I thought our two goals were great goals. Um, you know, I felt comfortable at half time. I thought we could go on and, and win the game up until 70th minute. We have, we have, a, we have a couple of good chances. Keep made a couple of good saves, corners, and then we switch off. You know, and that's that's been our story. You know, we've done it at Whitstable. We switched off. We don't we don't go with the runner. He squares it. We don't get back in quick enough, and they score and it knocks the stuffing out of us. So, yeah, disappointed with the with the result, um, but we've got to take it on the chin. Unfortunately, how, how do you stop these these late slips? Good question. Um, <laughs> if I had a you know if I had a magic magic wand, I'd I'd use it right now. But I think it's just people switching off. People not not doing their jobs. You know. We don't get tight enough to the winger. We allow him to run inside when we knew that's what their wingers were good at and we said it before the game. And then he plays it. He runs off the back of a midfielder and then he squares it and I expect my centre-half to be there. And he takes a touch and scores. And I need to watch the video back. And, you know, But we switched off for one minute. They didn't switch off. The game was pretty tight up until then. Pretty even. Um, but, yeah, frustrating. Said to Steve, it was almost a clash of the, the two ways of doing it. You've gone and got experienced players, whereas they spent a few years building their squad together and, and building them that way. And it was really interesting to see how that all kind of played out today. Yeah, listen, it's a game of football at the end of the day. You know, when you cross that white line, you've got to do your jobs. You've got to be, you've got to be defensively strong. You've got to be hard working. For me, we give, we give four sloppy goals, two set pieces, and then, you know, the two goals first half. We responded great. I thought we showed great character to come back, but the third goal, we can't, we can't allow that to happen. We didn't matter experience on that pitch. When there's tight games, you've got to do your jobs. You've got to, you've got to sense danger, and we didn't do that. Um, so, yeah, disappointed with the result, but, you know, we, we, we've got to pick ourselves up. Still top of the table, and I think you're probably still the team everyone's looking at, thinking if you can go on a run, you, you, you can go and win this, and, and you're still the favourites in a lot of people's eyes. Yeah, listen, we've got players to go and win every game, but we've got to get better defensively. Said it to Kent online just a minute ago. We've got to, we've got to get better defensively. We're too we're too nice to play against, you know. Even like second half, we for me, when they're three two up, they got bodies on the line. We don't do that. Um, I feel like I said. I think we are most vulnerable at the minute when we're attacking. We look great going forward. Some of the plays fantastic. Some of the combination goals. We score great goals. We don't get given goals like that, and we've got to get better at it. And we've got to get, we've got to tighten up, you know. And people have got to do their jobs because, unfortunately, today that's what's cost us. Nearly 800 people here today, and if you weren't the manager of Faversham Town, I'm sure you say that was a great advert for Step Five, wasn't it? Yeah, definitely. I think, I think, I think it was a good game anyway. To you know, if you're a, if you're a neutral to come in today, you know, two two good teams that probably shouldn't be at this level. Um, that could do well in the, in the level above, but someone someone had to win, someone had to lose, or someone had to, you know you come out come out draw. But for me, up until seventy minutes, we were we were comfortable. I felt we was in the in sort of the ascendancy to, to go and score. Where you know we switch off, it's cost us, it knocks the stuffing out of us. We have to change shape, we have to try and go for it. We nearly got it with with Hass, you know, and then disappointing to to lose to lose by another set piece, but. Yeah, we've got to take it on the chin. We've got to dust ourselves down. And, uh, yeah, we've got to go and try and get on a massive run now. We've got to go and chase deal down. They're the team everyone's trying to catch or they're the team to go and... It's in their hands, unfortunately. They'll probably play it down, and they will do. But, yeah, we've got to, we, we got, we got to start by going on a big run. Generally speaking, you're a Kent lad, so you know yeah. about how good this league is. But it, it yeah. seems to just keep getting better every year, doesn't it? Said it at the start. Said it at the start. This league is not easy. 
and I've you know the, the, there's better players now filtering down the leagues and listen this league's got some top players in that should be playing at step three not at my club but at, at other clubs some of the players we've 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 come across this season should be playing it's probably step three step two and like I say it's it's a tough league everyone's out to beat you you're the team to beat we've got that tag unfortunately um, and like I say when they come in nice ground nice facilities they want to upset us unfortunately today we've come on the come on the end of a of a result that you know it's hard to take we wanted to be we wanted to we wanted to win win today to try and narrow the gap um, but yeah we haven't done that we got we got got to get on the training field and put it right and like I say it starts Saturday we've got to go on a big run just finally is it, does it hurt more losing to your hometown team yeah like I say probably got a bit more stick than probably I'll get any game this year but yeah I grew up in Deal I was only a, uh, I was a Kent lad that you know had a dream of being a professional footballer I was managed to do that managed to live my dream through that and you know I probably know pretty much every fan so yeah it's hard to take but you know credit to them I thought they were good we just switched off at one minute and one minute cost us and like I say we've got, we got to take it on the chin because football, you know, never too high, never too low. Um, it was it was pretty frustrated there, Matt, and I can imagine his his mood hasn't got better uh, after the week. Uh, what have you made of what's happened at Faversham this week? First of all, I was trying to think of when was a manager sacked when they were top of the table. I can't think of anybody um, unless they've been up to all sorts. Of, um, but yeah, I can't remember that. Am I surprised? We did hear earlier in the season he could be in trouble. Um, that didn't pan out. Sammy Moore didn't work out for him last season, did it? When he brought all these players in, clearly he's got players in who are, you know, Billy Bingham. When I saw him play for Ch- for Bromley against Chesterfield in April, was the best player on the pitch. Now he's playing Scaffold. Um, maybe too many big pl- name players um, that didn't gel together and maybe couldn't manage it. He's had a lot of clubs, Sammy Moore, hasn't he? And he's what 35, 36. Faversham his fifth club could have been. Um, Something like that, yeah. I, yeah, I'm, I feel for him because he's top of the table and it doesn't really matter. His his main target was to get Faversham promoted this season and it's a, probably a good chance. Well, he's top of the table, so he, he's on the right track. I know teams have games in hand, but they've lost, invested a lot of money at Faversham and probably Sammy Moore has spent a lot of that money from what we gather what the budget is and what certain players are on. I would be frustrated but did I see it coming? Probably doesn't stay long at clubs. Um, well, well, from your point of view, John, you saw them on Saturday against Deal. They lost the deal. Faversham have got some good players. Were they gelling? No, they, they were. That's the thing. I, I was disappointed with them on Saturday. Um, and after the game, uh, Sammy did all the press and he spoke to... Um, KM before he spoke to me and he said to KM three or four times it's Deal's title to lose now um, and I can understand that if you're Faversham uh, you don't want to hear that you want your manager to be saying no we're going to win this league um, and I think it's the same old thing you know that when they're good they look very good Stefan Payne's goal was was really well taken you know there was never any doubt in my mind that he was going to score that goal that when he when he was put through um, never had that in that but the second half I just thought they were really flat. I thought, I mean, you've got to give credit to Deal, first and foremost. Deal did a great job. Deal were excellent. I'll talk about Deal in, in detail later on in the show. 
but at half time on it was 2-2 Dean had led twice they've been pegged back twice and you kind of think well Faversham you know they can go in there and they'll get a get going and they'll come out in the second half firing all guns blazing I don't really think they've had a chance in the second half Deal did make a tactical change at the break uh, they switched things up they moved um, Kane Smith came off and then they sort of switched things around um, in terms of how they were going to attack the game um, and Faversham just didn't look like they were going to score and, and the longer it went on at 2-2 the more frustrated they would get in there was misplaced passes and there was you know there was people snapping at each other when these passes weren't going through uh, and then in the end Deal got two late goals um, to win the game on balance I would say that they deserve to win the game on the day and I, I guess I just expected Faversham to be better you know um, they've got a lot of big names in there Ashley Miller, who's been at this level and the level above for most of his career, was probably the best of, on, on display on the day. Do you know what I mean? Whereas you've got serial winners like Billy Bennett, you've got Billy Bingham, who he did what he's expected to do, um, but nothing out of the ordinary. You've got Conor Essam at the back there, who was probably lucky to stay on at the end. You know, these are good players who've got good experience and they've been beaten by a deal side that hasn't got that experience, but has that togetherness. And, and I think that's the that's the thing. And and I was saying to a couple of people uh, that, I've, that I've been chatting to over the weekend, I was like, I was wondering when we were getting to the stage where things were becoming difficult for Sammy Moore in a number of aspects, not just how they were performing, but from, from his managerial career point of view. Um, because if he didn't win that league with the investment that he had, the players that he had at his disposal, that had been pretty hard to come back from as a young manager. And, and I wonder, it'd be very interesting to see who gets his Favisham job. It's going to be, it's a massive appointment for the club, really, given where they are. Um, you know, are they going to go out and get someone experienced? But the difficulty is, is a lot of these players are on contract. A lot of these players are on that money until the end of the season, at least. Some of them may even be on, on next season as well. And the problem that they've got to find is they've got to find a way to stop conceding late goals, which they've done too often. And they've got to find that togetherness because whoever comes in probably isn't going to have a, an open checkbook to go and get his own players in. I think he's got to work with what he's got. There's obviously talent there. There's obviously some good players there. But why aren't they winning games of football? You know, you look at the game on Saturday, all right, deal in a banging form. But if you step back and look at the game uh, before that, when they played Whitstable, drew 2-2 at Whitstable. Whitstable were a good side, no doubt no doubt about it. Whitstable were a good side at that level. But they let them 4-0 to lead after on Saturday. So, you know, it, it shows that there are some inconsistent teams in that level. And I'm sure every team has raised their game against against Faversham, no doubt about it. But that's part of the challenge. And, and I'm sure Sammy will have known about that challenge. And I'm sure everyone at Faversham knows about that challenge. And ultimately, they haven't, they, they've come up short. They're, yeah, they're top of the league, but teams do have games in hand. And I'm sure whoever comes in will be expecting that they go on and win the league. And that will be the expectation. But ultimately, on Saturday, they didn't deserve to win the game of football. And I can understand the frustration there. And it was, it was, yeah, just really frustrating. One part of me thinks that maybe, I don't know if they've underestimated this league. Um, you know, the quality's got better. Maybe that side would do better in the league above. Um, you know, they're top of the league, so they can't do much better. But maybe some of them, you know, these players have come down, some of them to work with Sammy Moore, some of them to... Um, Maybe for the money, maybe well, probably is for the money. Some of them at the end of their career, 
But now they've got to reach back. And again, I'd love to know who's going to go for that job. Will they get somebody with who's managed at Kent League and had success? Or will they get somebody who's managed above as well? Because managing that dressing room is probably going to be difficult because there's some big characters in there. Um, I don't know if something more lost the dressing room, but a big decision by the chairman. It could be looked back and in, in April, what was a wise decision. So we'll have to wait and see. But I haven't had any murmurings of who's going to get that job. Um, and that will be interesting to see. Yeah, no, I've not heard much. I've heard a couple of little bits of uh, speculation, but nothing uh, firm. I mean, obviously, you know, there's names that are going to be linked, but it's just about who they who, who they go and get. And as you say, it's a bit it's a big conundrum. I think they need someone experienced who knows how to win games. And and I don't know what his current situation is, uh, but I'm sure Mr. T. Warrelow would probably fit that bill. Yeah, good shout, good shout, Tommy Warrelow. Yeah, um, not as a as a. Uh, reputate, you know, a good, you know, a good man manager. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, I'm sure he'll be interested in the job. Absolutely. Uh, while it was frustration for the home side, uh, for Deal Town, it was absolute delight to end 2023. They were never behind. Uh, and in the end, the two late goals from Aaron Milbank made it 10 wins on the spin for the hoops. And let's make no mistake about this. They are very, very much in this title race. I also spoke to a delighted Deal boss, Steve King, after that win at Salters Lane. First and foremost, I think it was a great uh, spectacle for Step 5 football. Um, two good teams going at it. Open attacking football, lots of goals. Um, for the referee, let the game go well, let it let it play. Um, Sandy, because he's just said as he walked out, I want that on record. King <laughs> said something nice about me. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I give praise to Jim. I, I just thought it was, it was a really good game of football, and we we made a decision at two all to make a couple of attacking subs and, and go for it. And obviously, it's worked out today. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm pleased. It was almost a, a sort of clash of the two ways of doing, it, wasn't it? Because obviously, Faversham, we all know they've got a bit of a budget, whereas you've picked up players as you've gone along and you've moulded this squad over a few years and, and it was very interesting to see that sort of play out. Yeah, I think they, look, they've got quality footballers on their team. I mean, a lot of their players have got football league experience or certainly step one, step two experience. Um, we're the other way. We've built a, we've built a squad, we've built a, a side over time. The players we brought in a lot of the time people don't, um, a lot of time people don't know him. Young Ify, who's just walked past or he's 18, do you know what I mean? Just turned up, started the last seven games. Um, so, I mean, we've tried to develop a squad, but look, they're a good side and there's a long way to go in this season. I wouldn't write them off at all. Um, when you've got the players they've got at their disposal, they could easily win 15, 16 games on the bounce and, and win the league. So, um, yeah, it, it, it was two sides. I think on the pitch, you could see our togetherness. Um, but that's what you get when you've got players that have been together. Um, they were a few... I mean, from their side, a few disagreements and stuff like that when things didn't start to go right. But it's going to happen when you're losing, do you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, look, I, I don't really worry about other clubs. I'm worried about what we're doing. I was pleased that we showed the best version of ourselves today. The first half was very open, chances at both ends. And the second half, you kind of went for it. They didn't seem to have many clear chances. No, I was, I was a little bit surprised second half. I thought, obviously, they've got individual ability, so eight takes one one thing but we we sort of we got to that stick and twist stage with 20 minutes left where it would have been easy for us to sit in and probably uh, I think a lot of people would have said that a draw wouldn't have been our worst result today but we thought let's let's have a go took Mac and Murray off brought a forward on put Rory back into midfield and it just gave us that bit of forward impetus to go and get the third goal and then even at the third goal I thought come on we could have kept the ball in from the corner 
I think there were six minutes left and we've delivered it and gone and got the fourth to go and kill it. So I think, I think because of the run we've been on, it's probably the expectation on, on Faversham. I think for us, it was just gone. We might as well have a go and I think that made it an even better game of football. Obviously, a two-goal score by Aaron Milbank. He's in great form, isn't he? Yeah, outstanding. Um, I can't give him enough praise. Um, a fantastic leader, great footballer, um, and he's scoring goals for us. Uh, and I said, I've, I've had stick from some of our own fans who tell me he don't score, doesn't score enough goals. Um, I, I absolutely love him. Um, I think he's got 17 now with the 30th of December, so I don't mind it. Is that one of those players that kind of sums up what you're trying to build at Deal Town? A player who's, who's been at high levels and hasn't always uh, maybe worked out as well as it is as for him, but now he's come and he's obviously found a home and, and, and he loved that today. Yeah, I, I think for, for, for footballers are human beings at the end of the day, and as any human being, if you're happy at your work, if you look at this as a place of work, you're likely to perform better. And we try and create an environment where players enjoy themselves, first and foremost. And I think if players are happy, they enjoy coming, they enjoy training, you're likely to get the best out of them. And that's what happened with Aaron. He sort of had a great time at Ramsgate at Whitstable, and it went a little bit stale for him at Herne Bay, had a season where he didn't play much. And it probably took him three or four months at the start of last year just to get a bit of confidence back and just to feel that love again and enjoy his football. And now this season... Do you know what I mean? We're really seeing... Do you know what I mean? He played in the Football League at 18, didn't he, for Gillingham? And do you know what I mean? He scored a lot of non-league goals, but we're now seeing his best. And he would probably say he's probably playing the best football his career, I'd say. So, um, for us, that's a massive bonus. Ten wins in a row. I guess confidence is, is sky high. Yeah, we're, we're going OK. Um, we've... Probably from January, from January when we went on that run, it's probably changed the mentality in the dressing room a little bit where... We, we, we know we can go on these long runs. We did it last year. We had to to chase Phoenix and Eric from Belvedere. And we just fell. We see a point short of Phoenix and a couple of points short of Eric from Belvedere. But that gave the boys confidence we could go on a 15-16 game unbeaten run. And even when we had the disastrous start to this season, when we had no one available, we, we didn't panic because I think we knew we were capable of, of doing that. And I think that's two defeats in 21 now, I think. Both against Snodland. And one of them... We, we missed chance after chance. Um, so probably the, the one where we lost 3-0 at home in the league with 3-0 down at half-time. Probably the only game in the last 21 where we haven't been in and, in and amongst it. So it, it just gives confidence. And we've got to remember a lot of our players haven't won anything. So it, that's important for them to, to get that confidence because they haven't got that to lean back on. And um, that's why bringing in Aaron Milbank, bringing in Rory Smith, one promotion before, just gives us that little bit of experience. But a lot of them are learning to deal with the pressure um, and I think they're doing it well. Is that the other thing as well? You know, a lot of players ha- haven't won something and they must be desperate to actually get over the line and win something. Yeah, it works both ways, doesn't it? Yeah. Like, like, you have that added motivation but you also don't necessarily have that experience. We, we probably saw it, we, we probably saw it in the cup final where we just, like, we were so desperate to win that day that it maybe overawed us a little bit. Um, so we, we're, we're learning and, and all of those experiences Will, will help our players to do that. And just finally, your fans today were making a, a great racket, weren't they, t- towards the end, and, and great celebrations for you and them. Yeah, outstanding support. Um, didn't quite realise till the end of the game how big our support was because the ground was full and it was, you're concentrating on the game, but it was great to see that support. Um, we've had it for a couple of years now, to be fair. Our home crowds have been very good. Um, we've had good away support, and I'm, I'm pleased for them that. Obviously, they've got a result. We're going to need them for the rest of the season. Uh, we're going to need the crowd at home. We're going to need them away from home. Um, and hopefully, they'll, they'll help carry us to the end of the season.
He was positively beaming during that chat, Matt. And really, you can't blame him. Uh, a great result. They're on a great run of form. And they really, really look the part, don't they? Done a fantastic job. Um, there was, a, you know, probably us included, the start they had to the season going out the FA Cup. Um, but again, he didn't panic um, and knows the quality of that dressing room. Um, Millbank, Smith, as he said, they've got winners in that dressing room who can help. Um, players forward and I think you mentioned it before John they have had a side that has stayed together for a long time he's just tinkered with it here and there to, to get the bit, extra bit of quality like Millbank can do um, Rory Smith you know, you know he's so he's crucial to them and he um, I think he's done a really good job again I think I read somewhere as well he you know he, he kicks himself a bit when they lost in the cup 6-0 to Punjab but that's He's using that as a stick. Right, we're not going to let go of that through again. And they've got a very good chance, probably in the Vars and in the league. So um, with the club on the up, um, fantastic result for them. Um, I think he, if you'd offered them a draw, he would have probably taken it. But they're team in form and they took the chances and won the game. So, yeah, you know, they're, they're what, two points behind Faversham, but got four games in hand. You've got to say... They are favourites now to win this to win this league. So if they're not, again, hopefully they go big in the Vars, but as long as they get distracted by that, Steve King, they've got to make sure, I don't think he's the kind of manager to get carried away. He knows how tough this league is. He knows this league very well over the last few years. And that could eventually work in their favour. Yeah, I think, it's, it's as I said to both managers there, you know, you, you've got two different ways of building a squad. You've got the way that, it was built by Faversham. They've gone out and signed players, or you build you build this squad over a number of years, and that's exactly what Deal have done. And for me, there are parallels in in the in the team spirit, etc., in, in how Corinthian did so well a couple of years ago. You know, they weren't the big spenders, um, and obviously they didn't spend anything. But Deal and Deal, you know, they're they're open. They do pay their players, um, and I'm sure some of them are on are on fairly decent money. But they're getting the good crowds in through the gate. But I just think there's something about that building that team they're a group of mates who all want to do really well for each other and I think that stands them in good stead and, and the, the, the togetherness that, that they've got in that team and, and the celebrations at the final whistle with their very noisy band of supporters were absolutely fantastic and you know you I go to all these games as a neutral but you can't help but be happy for a team when you see that togetherness when you see them go away to the title favourites the league leaders and get a result you can't help but think do you know what fair play and be, and be really pleased for them and, and that was definitely the case on Saturday. I oh, you say I've known Steve King a long time, so he's worked his way up to be an excellent manager at this level. He knows the level, which I think is absolutely crucial. Um again, not sounding like Sammy Moore, he knows there will be bumps in the road for all these sides at the top of the table. So but stay grounded, deal. Um they've got a very good chance. But in a in a in an exciting um title and playoff race so um, the scaffold is going to be a really exciting league now but it'll be interesting to see if Havisham get but uh, fair play to deal um, delight for Kingy um, he was beaming but he'll make sure that the players aren't getting too carried away because he knows he's got some massive games coming up the next few weeks Absolutely, they were supposed to be playing on Tuesday night, but that game was called off uh, due to a waterlogged pitch. As, I mean, everything would have been. And there was one game that survived on 3G. We'll go through that in a minute. Um, but yeah, they've just got to keep keep that momentum going. And, and as you said there, find uh, make sure that the, the players don't slip up like they did when they had that chance against Punjab last year and that they ca- carry on being 
being winners and, and, and keep just that moment, momentum is massive in football and Deal have certainly got it. Uh, let's have a detailed look at what's happened uh, since we've been away. Then on the Saturday for Christmas, uh, the aforementioned Deal beat Beers to 2-0. Uh, Harry Taylor scored a hat-trick as with Town beat Sutton Athletic 5-1. It was 2-2 between Fisher and Stansfeld. Holmesdale came back from 2-0 down after nine minutes to beat Glebe 3-2. Lidtown 2-1 winners at Kennington. Snodland 3-0 victors at Lordswood. Punjab beat Rustall 2-0. Corinthian won 3-2 at Tunbridge Wells. It was 1-1 between Welling and VCD. And 2-2 in that game between Whitstable and Faversham with 1,100 12 supporters in attendance. Uh, then on Saturday this week, BSG 3 1 winners over Kennington. Corinthian kept up their good form with a 2 1 win over Earth Town. Hollands and Rebic Lords with 4 1. Lidtown beat Whitstable 4 0, as I've already mentioned. Tunbridge Wells won the derby at Rustall 2 0 in front of 1,110 fans. Uh, Stansfeld and Glebe drew 2 2 in the Foxbury Avenue derby. Ended 1 1 between South Athletic and Fisher and VCD beat Holmesdale 2 0. And then one game that survived on Tuesday night, as I just said, a 2 0 win for Kennington over Holmesdale. Some, some great crowd numbers in there, Matt. Uh, some inconsistency for some teams, as I've already mentioned, Whitstable. And I suppose you should also say it's been a a difficult start so far for Nicky Southall at Lordswood. Yeah, um, we're trying to get him on the show, old Nicky. Uh, just trying to get his views across to the players. I'm sure he'll be trying to bring players in if he can, but it's, it's, a, it's a tough ask. But I'm sure he, he, he can work on the training ground and get those players going. But yeah, back to the attendances, John, you cannot grumble with over a thousand in the Whitstable game uh, against Faversham, 800 Faversham deal. In the Tunbridge Wells derby, another thousand. Really, really good um, crowds coming in. People wanting to watch football. So, absolutely delighted with the scaffold. And as I said before in this programme, if you have a short on a Saturday, you've seen scaffold. It's a good standard of football, honest football, and, and um, it's going to be a really exciting league. So, please try, if you can, try and watch some scaffold football. You don't get many nil-nils, as we've mentioned no. several times over the past seven years. Uh, on Saturday, Beersted are home to Punjab United. It's Faversham against Tunbridge Wells, Fisher against Corinthian, Glebe against Hollands and Blair, Deal head to Holmesdale, it's Lordswood against Wellingtown, Lidtown host Irith Town, Snodland Town against Rustall, Sutton Athletic against Kennington and Whitstable against Stansfeld. And then on Tuesday night, Beersted are at home to Lid and Whitstable take on Snodland. Uh, there's just been the one game in Division 1 since we've been off. A 1-0 pre-Christmas win for Lartfield and Newhive over playoff rivals Rochester. Uh, pretty much half Halfway in that division now, AFC Whiteleaf seven points clear at the top from Lewis and Barra, who do have two games in hand. Roster a third, they're a point further back. Larkfield another three behind. Safeless Monarchs have got three games in hand on Whiteleaf are in the final playoff spot at the moment. Uh, but teams five to eight are separated by just three points. So it should be an interesting battle for those playoff places. There's a handful of league fixtures uh, this weekend. Brighton Ropes against Rochester. It's Canterbury City against FC Elmstead. Forest Hill Park hosts Farish and Strike Force. It's Greenways against Staples Monarchs and SC Thamesmead against Meridian VP. And the Division One Cup continues at pace too. And it must be really hard for these teams, actually. A 16-team league this season. They should have probably had a month off, shouldn't they? Let the pitches uh, survive and, and not worry about all this weather, Matt. Yeah. Well, I said they haven't played much over Christmas period. So hopefully that there will be games on over this weekend. I think the weather, apart from Thursday, it's going to be bad. It should be OK at the weekend. So uh, games should be on. But again... Some interesting fixtures again. The scaffold again. No, no, there's no gimme in the scaffold. So um, yeah, I look forward to seeing those results at the weekend. Absolutely. Let's move on up then to the Isthmian League Southeast Division, which is looking more and more like it's going to end up in a two-horse race to the very end. With Ramsgate still winning, five in a row for them now, and they are 16 unbeaten in the league. And Ramsgate stretches back to the opening day. Cray Valley PM meanwhile are still unbeaten in the league this season with 15 games played. They're nine points behind the Rams, but they do have two games in hand. Both of them enjoyed dramatic wins on New Year's Day. The Rams 3-2 at Sittingbourne and Cray Valley at Sevenoaks, where a last go-up strike from Danny Waldron gave them the points. 
I was at that game and afterwards I spoke to Craig Valley. Was Steve McKim? Yeah, definitely. They're a good side. We know what they're good at. Um, we had to be at our game today. Both teams have played two games in a short space of time. They had loads of energy in the first half. When we got the grips with their sort of rotation, rotation's all about players just moving from one place to the other. If you stay with them, someone's going to run into a place where you come from where that man's got to mark his man. So overall, we got the grips with it after about 20 minutes. I think over, if you look at chances, no clear-cut chances, but the chances that were there, um, I think they threw more bodies on the line than what we did. So it's... You've got, you got to look at it and think that they've lost two goals in the last minute of two games, which they'll be bitterly disappointed about, rightly so as well, because if I was on the other end of that, I wouldn't have wanted to deserve it, and that's not being patronising. Um, but we kept going and kept going and kept putting balls in the box, and eventually something's going to give. You've got one just before that where Arthur's had edited it, and it's just gone over the bar. Um, the keeper's made a great save, he, hasn't he? Tipped, yeah, over. he t- tipped it over. So we kept probing and probing and probing. And uh, at the end of the day, we, we got the goal. And if you don't put the ball in the box, you ain't going to have no chances. So after we scored, there are two, two chances where they put balls in the box. It's going to cause panic. And that's what you've got to do. And, and that's what we did. So like I say we got the three points away from home. That's, that's seven out of seven away from home now. So we've got to be pleased with that. And uh, we just continue to try and climb the table. I think we just said good teams find a way of winning games of football. And that's what you've done there. Yeah. And, and again, like I say, last 20 minutes, we, without actually making their keeper until Arthur had the header make major saves sorry we, we had one from outside the box we kept probing and kept pushing and, and asking questions of them defensively and eventually it gave you know Freddie's first game back there for, for ages so he'd done 90 minutes and he, he looked like breath of fresh air um, so it's good it's good at the moment um, we're still unbeaten and we've just got to keep keep riding the wave and, and enjoying the moment Massive celebrations as well, so it means a lot, doesn't it? Of course it does. Any win means anything, whether it's home or away, whether it's a last minute or first minute, you're going to celebrate goals. And if you don't celebrate goals, and I've told them in there, if they don't celebrate goals and wins, um, or even games where you get a, a, a draw that you probably don't deserve, there's no point in playing football. Because there's so much doom and gloom about football. Oh, you should have done this, you should have done that. When the moment's come... That's the moments you've got to enjoy. And like I say, watching all the players celebrate and the staff and all that and our fans, it's, just, it's a great afternoon. Still unbeaten. It's been a brilliant season, isn't it, so far? Yes, it has. It has. But I've got to give credit to, to, to the boys because certain, certain players at certain times can run away with themselves. Our staff won't allow, allow them to do that. But what they have got, they've got a great mindset about them and a great togetherness. And I've said it before, every team says about they've got a togetherness. Um, but we have got that and, and we'll continue to have that as long as they continue to perform right. Because they know, in certain terms, if they ain't doing it on the pitch, they won't play. And uh, at the moment in time, they're doing really well. Games come thick and fast. You've got eight this month. This is, this is where your, your metal is going to be tested, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. You know, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday. But players would rather play than train. You know, we, we've got... Couple of players coming back. Lyle come back today. Like I said, Freddie come back today. Um, we lose half of three games because he got sent off Saturday. Um, but we've got players coming back. Coombsy, Julian, and Sonny. We don't think their injuries as bad as first fault, so that could be two, three, four weeks. Hass is back next week, hopefully. So we've got players coming back. Um, we had a bit of a tough time of it, but that's why we got a squad. And like I say, we made three changes in the front area today because we felt that the three that played against ten men on Saturday on a hard, heavy pitch. Uh, run their socks off and, and were, were tired and, but when they came on today two out of three come on today Denzel set up the goal so like I say it's, it's about a squad um, it's not about an individual team an individual 11 it's the whole squad including the staff and, and we're all in it together and like I say at this moment in time we're enjoying the fruits of our labour
do you, do you look at the league table? Are you keeping a, a close eye on everything that's happening or do you just kind of see how it goes? No, and I'll be totally honest with you. I spoke to them before the game and I said to them, you can look at you can look at any you can look at any any part of the table now. Second game of the season, four games to go. Twenty seventh of April is when it matters. So let's just look at it then, because you can't do or you can't uh, manage what other teams do. Whether they win, whether they lose, whether they draw, what run they're going to go on next, whether it's a five-game winning run or a six-game losing run, you can't determine that. So what you've got to do is just worry about in-house. So we won today. We're enjoy that. We're trained Thursday, prepare for Hive. And like I say, the boys have got that mindset about them as well. They don't run away with themselves. So that's all we've got to do. And just finally, Hive on Saturday. They're very good at home. I think they've got pegged back today. Um, but that's going to be a tough place to go, isn't it? Yeah, what, what he's got them playing really well. They've had a tremendous 2023 from the start of January last year to, to the end of December this year with their cup runs and their home form's exceptional. Um, few of the players there that I know, and I think they're, they're very good players. Uh, and he gets them working... Um, to a way that's, that helps them and, and does well for them. And the results speak for itself. You know, they, they made the playoffs last year and I don't think anyone gave them a hope. But what he did, and I've spoke to him about this previous when I first came into this league, he, he's, he knew his boys could do it and, and he's always got that faith. So it'd be nice meeting him again and, and seeing him again. I speak to him a few times on the phone, but actually going up against him again from, from when I was at Tomridge and he was at Margate, it'd be nice. Um, we'll have a beer afterwards and like I say, it's going to be an extremely tough game like, like today was. As I just said to him there, Matt, Cray Valley have got eight games this month. The Rams have got seven. I can just see these two slugging it out all the way, Matt. And, and Steve McKim knows how to win a game of football, doesn't he? Steve McKim, I don't know if he'll probably right, say it, an old school manager. If you don't do your job, you don't play. Um, um, and again, he, he was, he, he's pleased with his team there, but he knows 15 league games they've played unbeaten. But if you don't do your jobs, don't do it right, you're not going to get into his team so you're always going to be on a toad mentioned some of the players coming back so I think he's quietly confident they can continue this run will they have enough to get claw back Ramsgate I don't know fantastic away form seven wins this season it's the home port that's cost them by uh, those four draws including one against Ramsgate but yeah um, they're having an unbelievable season and Steve McKim is probably up there as uh, Kemp manager of the season what he's achieved this year really um after what happened to him at Carshalton and maybe Tunbridge, his star was probably not glistening as it should be. But this season, it's been absolutely fantastic. Did they deserve it, John? I feel you have to feel sorry for Seven Oaks, what they've had the last two games, pushing both the leaders and losing to a late goal. I think that the, they did push towards the end. As you said, they made some substitutions. They did make a make a real difference. Uh, and there was uh, there was the, the save tipped over towards the end, uh, and then obviously the, the the goal right at the death. And it was, you know, it, it was it was so tough on Seven Oaks. We'll talk about them uh, in a moment. But the celebrations from Cray Valley at that winning goal were, were massive, and and it means a lot to them, you know. And I think that's that that's a crucial point, um, you know, for 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 Cray Valley. There's that togetherness. You know, they've already had all their dreams came true when they played Charlton in the FA Cup. Now they've got another dream that they've got to make come true, and that's getting out of this division. And and you know, I was, I was, it was, it was a tight old game. It was, it was, it was a good game without there being a lot of chances, Matt. If that makes any any sense, you know, both teams had their moments. They both looked lively, and and they both 
put some good balls into the box, but ultimately there was just nothing on the end of it. The defending was good. I thought it was just generally a good game of football. You know, you don't often see that when you get a a, a one nil. You don't often think, oh yeah, brilliant game of football. But actually, it was a entertaining way to start 2024. Um, and as I did say on social media, I, I started 2023 at Seven Oaks when they beat Beckenham, and I started 2024 at Seven Oaks as well. So, um, you know, a, a nice a, a nice one. There was. A couple of hundred people there. Um, hello to Trevor, who I was chatting to you during the game as well. Nice to catch up with you. Um, but yeah, I just think, you know, this good side, Cray Valley, and, and good teams, as I said, Steve McKim, find a way to win. Um, and it was also refreshing as well to hear him talking about um, looking forward to meeting another manager and, and how Steve Watt's going to be a, 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 a good competitor. And you know what? I think that's a tough game on Saturday. And, and, and I'm sure Steve McKim sure he doesn't think they're going to go all season unbeaten and this could be one of the trickier ones they've got to come yeah i think hyde are having a good season hyde may have a we'll talk about that next week when they've got the big fa trophy game so but if steve mckim or i think he thinks they maybe can track down ramsgate at the top of the table well no if to go then get a hyde who are good at home um that will put down a bit of a marker you'd have thought eventually one of these teams has got to have a blip. Who who blinks first in that situation? But, you know, Cray, you know, have had a, a great, great season. And winning a bit like Ramsgate did against Seven Oaks, winning in the last minute shows a little bit of character and scoring goals late. So, and Danny Waldron's a good player, very experienced at that level. But I like Steve McKim because he's old school, mate, and I like old school. And he says about that, putting the ball in the box, don't score. If you don't put the ball in the box, you're not going to score. There you go. That's football for you. Absolutely. No, just to mark your cards, it's a long way off. Uh, but the third last game of the season is Ramsgate against Cray Valley. So that could be one that will be worth keeping an eye on in time. Uh, as Matt's already said, it was a tough one week for Seven Oaks, who had faced the Rams on Saturday. Lost that one 1-0 as well to a late goal. And after the game with Cray Valley, I spoke to their assistant boss, Adam Fleming. And my first question to him was that football can be a cruel game. Horrible. Horrible. Who would want to do it? Um, <laughs> uh, we've we've <laughs> we've done so well over the last two games, um, and unfortunately, you've got nothing to show for it. Um, and as a coach and as a manager, you hate to hear unlucky you played well, one of the best sides we played this season. Um, you want to hear that off the back of winning games, um, but unfortunately, we haven't over the last two. Um, We'll go back and look at it and we'll see what we got wrong. But a lot has gone right over the last two games, I'll be brutally honest with you. Um, playing against the two top sides, uh, two completely different opponents. Um, I felt we was very, very physically challenged against uh, Ramsgate. Uh, and I think we was very... No, it's, yeah, and then I think we was mentally challenged again today uh, against Cray Valley. Um, going up against both sides, as I said, today I think it's nil-nil. Um, and... In the same breath, if we look at Monday when they scored, I thought the game was finishing nil-nil as well. I'll be really honest with you. Uh, I don't think we created any clear-cut chances today. Um, but once again, we played well. Um, all the individuals stood up and were counted. We we pressed well. Uh, we broke through the thirds well. And once again, it's just we just didn't have the finishing touch of putting the ball in the goal, um, where we had a number of chances which were on a counter-attack on Saturday. Um, but listen, it's football. We're not going to dwell on it too much. What we must do is take the positives from 
the two games, marry it together, and we've got home bay on Saturday. Um, we're coming on on Wednesday, and obviously we're gonna have to manage the boys' bodies because a lot of them have played 120 minutes over the last two games and in, in three days, and off the back of a Boxing Day as well. Um, we've played probably three games in in a week, um, so it's obviously probably be a lot of analysis on Wednesday and just recovery stuff, stretching, yoga and so on and so forth. Um, but yeah, cruel game. I suppose you played the best two teams in the league probably this yeah. weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah Awful yeah. run of fixtures for you anyway. Yeah. And then just, as you say, you've played well today yeah. and you've come away with absolutely nothing. But mm-hmm. it is about taking those positives yeah, no, you, and taking you, you, it forward. You have to. I think you have to take the positives from these games. Um, once again, we, we value ourselves as one of the teams that should be up there as well. Um, obviously, we're we're in a bit of a transitional period with H leaving, um, but I don't think anything's changed in terms of the quality that the boys have possessed, in terms of the effort that the boys are giving. Um, we've got exactly the same team as we did six, seven weeks ago when H was here. Um, well, I mean, just looking at it, Mark's only won one game since he's taken charge. Yeah. If you're playing like that, if you're yeah, playing, yeah, 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 yeah. You know what? It's the same. It was the same story against Merstham. It was the same story against Sheppey. Um, it's just now tweaking those final bits um, which gives us an opportunity to take big wins like we, when we got it right against Littlehampton we scored five um, because we scored early um, I believe if we do score early it becomes a little bit more difficult to, to manage us uh, I think that the longer the game's on, going goes on um, and you're at nil-nil you're, there's always going to be an opportunity for the opposition to, to get a, a foothold on the game and get an opportunity to score so it's probably best to try and get the game done as early as possible as, which I think we've done against Littlehampton but as you said listen the performances are there um, the performances are there which is the most important thing we, we are creating chances if we wasn't creating chances it would be a problem um, so it's just as I said it's just that final piece of the puzzle um, which takes us from being a good side to a great side you say it's a transitional period. Mm-hmm. I guess it has been difficult because Harry was such a big part of everything. But yeah. having seen, it's the first time I've seen you since then, you're yeah. still trying to play the same way. Yeah, so l- play listen, good, we still have some good players. Listen, we, we've, as a, as a collective, we've managed a number of games without H being there anyway. Um, the biggest game in the club's history, the gaffer was at home. Of course he was. Um, as I said to the guy, other guys that I spoke to today, um, the message hasn't changed the philosophy hasn't changed our delivery hasn't changed it's just someone else at the front of the dugout um, we, we, we categorically haven't changed anything um, we've, we've kept the same team we've kept the same philosophy we might have tweaked certain things in terms of shape and and way we may want to do things but the boys are sitting in the same position um, that we were seven, eight weeks ago when H was here. Um, so long may it continue, as we said, like there's so many games that we've managed with H- without H. Um, the boys are used to that anyway. So it wasn't a culture shock when he turned around and said that he was leaving because all it was was just everyone taking a, a next step up. Um, and yeah. <laughs> At Home Bay Saturday, they're a team, they're a bit inconsistent. I think they fought back and got a point today. Mm-hmm. You'll be thinking it's a chance for you to actually yeah, get a yeah, result. Yeah, um, I think we were... We were we were very good against East Grinstead on Boxing Day. Um, I think we were defensively brilliant on Saturday, bar the goal. And I think we did really well with the ball. Um, but it's it's good and well being doing well with the ball. Um, you've got to put the ball in the back of the net. But once again, that's three performances in a week. 
a lot of the boys have played all three games. Um, it might that might be what comes down to it. That, that little bit of fatigue. I didn't even think about that. Um, we have played three games in in seven days. Um, so yeah, we, we we I might use that as an excuse actually. <laughs> that sounds like a great excuse. Um, but yeah, it, it, we we we're obviously gonna have to look after the boys and as best possible make sure they recover properly and try and put on the same show as we did today with some more goals it's just fine to be here I mean, it's raining but it's a tough time of year isn't it you, you say yeah, you know, yeah, you know, three yeah, games yeah. in a week yeah and we've you, only been able to train not we, tough games we haven't as trained, well yeah we haven't trained either I guess but like to work in still as yeah, well yeah no, no, it's, you know it's, it's tough being an only yeah yeah it's, 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 it's horrible and it's harsh because I know a number of the boys um, will still have to work um, they've still got to put food on the table for their kids and so on and so forth I'll be honest I've been at home feet up Analyzing stuff, analyzing opposition, um, analyzing what we do. Obviously, because I work in football and I work in schools, so I did. We have probably had a lot more time as a group to tie down what we want to get right in these last three games, and we did. Um, obviously, in the last two games, we haven't scored as many as we've wanted to, but the game against East Grinstead, we we created a hat full of chances and. 3-0 flatters them if I'm going to be brutally honest with you 3-0 did flatter them um, so it's obviously trying to put all three of those games together being defensively great against Ramsgate being better with the board against Cray Valley and scoring the goals as we did against East Grinstead uh, Really tough to take that especially after what had happened to them on the, the Saturday as well but as I said to him I haven't got the results to show for it but their performances if they're playing like that every week they're going to be absolutely fine and they'll be in and around the playoffs without a shadow of a doubt yeah, absolutely, yeah. and I and I do quite like you know, with the manager leaving Harry Hansen. Where did he did he go in the football league or somebody? I don't think anything's been confirmed yet. There were a few rumours of places he was going, but I've not seen anything yeah. um, actually confirmed. But um, yeah, it's, it's but they've they've obviously carried on uh, the same sort of way. And I say the results haven't been uh, spectacular, but do you know what? I don't actually think that that they've been that bad. And you look at the squad they've got. Still got some good players there. They've got uh, Shomerton, the winger, who's a bit quiet. Uh, but last year, I saw him rip Beckham to shreds. They've got Kieran Cadogan up front, who knows what he's doing. It's level. Rowan Lybird came off the bench. Um, you know, Matt Warren's in there as well. Um, they've got some good good players in this 7-8 squad. And I think once they get a couple of runs together, you know, it must have been frustrating for them to go and get a good result against East Grinstead and then find yourself playing the top two. And, and I think... You know, Fine margins, people, John, isn't it, really? It is. They could have come out of that game with saying, two points, confidence yeah, high, or even a win, and, and, and then you, you know, you're looking up um, rather than you know feeling a little bit sorry for yourself. But they didn't seem, with that interview, sorry for themselves. And I like it because probably Harry Hudson's moulded that club when he came in. There was a lot of turnover of players. He brought in players he's worked with before, and they're keeping that squad together. Clearly... Um, a good squad, good dressing room to be in because they haven't lost a load of players and they've, they could have gone elsewhere, got a new manager in and you get the, 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 the turnover of players, but they're keeping what they've got. And hopefully, if, you know, losing to two-minute, last-minute goals, you could look at it both ways that, you know, got to concentrate, got to stay switched on or say that you've pushed the league leaders, um, the two best sides in the division, um, as close as you could have done. So, uh, going in the right direction, they've really had a sort of lift over the last 18 months, two years, haven't they? So, um, 
Harry Hudson's moved on, but I'm sure. Field as well, you know, they've got yep. uh, they've got some funding in place, haven't they, to to build more things in and around the pitch, and you know the the, the progress that they've made. And I, we talked about this the other week. We were talking about poor attendances. There used to be 30 people coming to watch Seven yeah. Oaks, uh, and they were a division below. And now, you know, they've 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 really moved up a, a they've stepped up in both on and off the pitch. You know, they, they don't compete crowds wise with with your Ramsgates and, and your Herm Bays, but they're They've got their way of doing it, and it's been effective. And and I say once they get, when they get a, a new stand, are they also a clubhouse? I think so. Yeah, new, new clubhouse, new stands. It is all very destroyed. I don't know if you've been there, Matt. Have you? I, I, years ago, when Maidstone won the league, the Kent League. I've been there. That was a long time ago. That was. They've probably changed a lot from then. But always, I remember being very, being very friendly. Um, they've got three G down there as well. So, um, um, yeah, uh, um, it's it's a nice part of the world. So. If again, once you get more in the community thing, you can try and get more people through the door. But as a club going in the right direction, will they have enough this season to get promoted? I don't really know, but they'll definitely give it a good go. Absolutely. There's been lots of games in the last fortnight, so here we go. Starting on the 23rd when Cray Valley won 5 at Littlehampton, then on Boxing Day, Hyde won 1 0 at Ashford. The Millers beat Phoenix Sports 3 1. Uh, seven Axes, Adam Fleming said, were 3 0 winners at East Grinstead. Ramsgate beat Herne Bay 3 1. And a controversial swell derby, only 3 3 between Sheppey United and Sittingbourne, with the Ites coming back from 3 0 down to get their point. Then on Saturday, Ashford beat Irvington Belvedere 4 1. Beckenham lost 6 1 at home to Littlehampton. Herne Bay went down 2 1 at Burgess Hill. Phoenix Sports won 3 1 at Chichester. Uh, the 10 men of Cray Valley drew 2 2 with Sittingbourne. Uh, Ramsgate beat 7 Oaks 1 0, as we've already heard. And Sheppey United beat Broadbridge Heath by the same score. Uh, Monday's game between Phoenix and Beckham was abandoned after Beck's Harry Gamble suffered a nasty concussion, but he is on the mend now. Uh, Irith and Belvedere lost 4 0 at home to Grinstead, and it was 2 2 between both Herne Bay and Ashford. And higher than Sheppey. And we've already talked about those two away wins for the top two. Uh, this weekend, it's Ashford against Three Bridges. Irith and Belvedere head to Horndean, as we already heard. It's Hyde against Cray Valley. Ramsgate head to Lansing. Phoenix host Broadridge Heath. It's Seven Oaks against Herne Bay. Sheppey United host Chichester. And it's Sitting One against Beckenham. Ashford then go to Broadbridge Heath on Tuesday. Cray Valley host Lansing. And Irvington Belvedere head to Merstham. And then on Wednesday, Ramsgate host East Grinstead. Uh, I need a breather now, Matt. So say something nice about this Middle East Southeast. Two horse race. Herne Bay. Since we had Liam Friend on the on the um, show. Gone down the league a little bit. So still a bit of a... Again, I'm sure, I think we know who think we're going to be in the top two are, but they're only three places. Could be a few Kent sides in it. You know, Hyde's already played 15 league games as well. So um, I'm hearing that Ramsgate are going to sign a, a player who's playing a few levels above coming up as well. So Ramsgate are not resting on, resting on their laurels. Um, I, I'm confident we will at least, we will have the champions. Um, and I think we're probably going to get Three, the other two playoffs, so places. Who's going to, it's all up for grabs now. Sittingbourne having a good season. Hyde, I think, have got a big part to play still. Absolutely. Very good. Uh, let's keep moving up step by step then. So it's now destination step three, uh, where Matt was at the big local derby in the East Mini Premier Division when Folkestone and Victor visited Margate. And it was in Victor who came out on top, winning 2 0, thanks to a brace from David Smith. Matt spoke to both managers, start with visiting boss Andy Drury, who won at his former club. Yeah, it's, it's been a bit of a tricky time since I took over. I took over for a couple of games interim and, and you know, we had 11, 11, 12 fit players. So that was a bit tough. Then we didn't have a game for a few weeks and then we've had a difficult run of fixtures where we've gone to Horsham away and then we've had the two form teams in Hastings and Hashtag at home. Um, and, and we haven't had a settled team in any of them games either because we're having our own injuries and bringing players in. So we're kind of trying to rebuild mid-season really. It's quite difficult. Um, 
it was disappointing in Boxing Day when we lost. Um, I'd say for the first 70 minutes against the form team in the league, the game was pretty even. We tired a little bit. We didn't have many options from the bench. Um, but today we've got our two goals and I thought we thoroughly deserve our, our three points today. Yeah, I thought you grew into the game. That Good penalty to win. And then the second goal I thought was a lovely goal. Yeah, well, that's what we've been working on the last four or five weeks, just getting crosses on the box, crosses in the box. We've scored three or four of our our goals since I took over. Every single one's been a cross in the box and a penalty. So um, we're on, and we've got Tom Derry in there as well. David Smith played up front there today with him as well and worked his socks off. So look, we need to get crosses in the box. We will get better. We'll get, we'll get a couple more in this week and make us stronger. Uh, and we'll, um, look, we'll, we'll be all right in the end. How, how frustrating has it been for you you know losing the last five as well your Christmas is you know two games you've lost yeah like I say it's been a bit muddled that you know the first two games I took over we had nearly 11 12 fit players really and I was having to play myself so um, you, you do know, you want to play continue no, no, I, I had no 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 no, no not if I can manage I'll manage um, it'll only be an emergency if I play but the, the first two games like I say we had 11, 11 fit players and, and then we've had a, fr- a, a, a tough run of tough run of fixtures um, that these are the games that we need to win and we've come here we've, we've got two goals up before half time could have had a third or fourth on the break in the second half and we've been pretty comfortable you got a bit of stick from the Margates fans you know, was it nice to come back to your old club after you you know it's just over a year since you lost a job here um, I'm not really bothered about what, what these do really I think they're, they're below us they're, they're in their own scrap really um, they got to concentrate on themselves before they start giving sticks to me, to be honest with you. But they're, they're, they're the least of my worries. I concentrate on folks in Vic Day. It's a great club. Um, it's got a great chairman, great board of directors, uh, and the, the team will get better as we go on in the season. I think off the field, folks, then with the crowds you get in, there's a different buzz about the, the club and what you're doing. Again, your job is to get it right on the pitch. Is that you bringing more players in? Is, is there budget there to do that? Yeah, the chairman, chairman's given me money to do it. It's about getting the right players in at the right time. You know, you can't just go and get the wrong players in and then you've got an overinflated squad. Um, we've got the nucleus of a, of a decent team in there. Um, we've lacked desire, heart and fight this season, in my opinion. I've let them know that. Um, how, can you train, how can you train that back into them? They need to do it themselves. I can keep going on about it all the time, but... Some players have dropped down from higher levels and are they getting used to this level? Are they, are they got to regain that love for football, that desire and fight where you need to work your socks off to win every single game of football at this level? You, you don't get any freebies at this level anymore. You might have done over the last couple of years, but then them days are gone. It's a really competitive, competitive league um, and you have to work for 95 minutes to get anything from these games. What's the hopes and ambitions for 2024? It started well for you. Oh, look, look, the immediate ambitions is just to get away from the relegation area where we, we shouldn't really be with the quality we've got in there. And, and that's what we need to do over the next next month or two and, and get points on the balls. Reassess at the end of the season and then um, yeah, be, be a club that's going to be in the top five, not not the bottom five, six where we are. As a manager, what, what's the identity you want to play? We want to play attacking football. Um, get crosses, get shots off. Um, but it's, it's also you, you've got to get the right players in and, and get the group buying into what you're doing which they, which they are doing they, we've worked, like I say we've worked harder today than what, what we have done in, in a, a lot of games this season so it's getting there it's, not, it's never going never gonna to happen overnight it's, it's, it's a bit of a process really especially when you're rebuilding mid-season which we, I felt we needed to do we had too many players here that, that just weren't too bothered they were just coasting through games and they weren't fighting for the club so um, that's what we're trying to change 
Well, it sounds like it's been a, a tough start for him since he's taken over, but he's very confident that they're going to go in the right direction sooner rather than later, isn't he? Yeah, I think they play quite... He's had a difficult um, start to his managerial, and he probably needed that win. Um, five defeats on the spin as manager, two heavy, heavy defeats over the Christmas period. I think he's been missing a few players, and quite interesting what he said in that interview. Some of the players he didn't think were particularly pulling up, um, working hard for the previous management. And I, I think Andy Drew is a kind of player... Well, as a player and a manager, he expects standards, and I don't think he was getting it from his Folkestone team. Um, I thought they were easily in control against um, Margate. Got a penalty scored by Dave Smith, and the second goal was a lovely goal. Excellent play by Tom Derry up front. Um, he was voted the world's um, sexiest footballer. We mentioned it before, and we didn't realise his girlfriend was sitting in front of us as well. So he would have had just when I was talking to somebody saying he was the sexiest footballer. His girlfriend was taking selfies of him. Little useless fact there. But he did well. He was good in the air. Flicked the ball on. And Dave Smith, who's had a, you know, difficult second spell at Folkestone, scored a lovely goal and a good brace from them. Always in control. Folkestone, a bit like Margate, with the sides that could come up and the sides that come down, do not want to be involved in a relegation battle because next season it could be a really interesting league for them. So... I was, I was pleased for Andy Drury because he got absolutely dog's abuse for the Margate supporters. For, for I really, I know, couldn't understand because um, I don't think he did a particularly bad job at Margate. He was just sacked at the same time. It's just Margate like going through managers. But yeah, focused and I'm sure there'll be a lot more outs, outs, outs and ins coming shortly for them. I see Coker's gone on loan as well, but I think he's working on bringing players in. But um I th- for, personally, I was pleased for him because I think he needed that win. I think it was interesting when he said there, you know, I don't really care about Margate. And that was quite quite dismissive of him. And also, but, you know, it's interesting when he was saying, you know, we've lacked fight, we've lacked desire. Uh, and and obviously, he's, it, it's been, we, we always knew it was going to be a difficult transition uh, for folks in Victor once Neil Cogley moved on. And, and you know, it's, it's proven to be the case, hasn't it? And I think... Andy Drury now has just got to stabilise things for the rest of the season. He'll hope to bring in some players and, and get them playing the way he wants to get them playing. And he's still very much like Sammy Moore. He's still a young manager. He's still got a lot in front of him. And if he can start getting folks up towards the top end of the table, which is where, you know, with, with the players that they've got, you know, they've got good strikers for that level. They, they should be there or thereabouts, shouldn't they? And I think he has got, if he can get a run of form together, get a bit of momentum, then it does him the, the world of good. I think he's probably... A bit like Sammy Moore. He's had three jobs, what, in 18 months, probably, um, Drew. He was at Whitstable. He's had the Margate job. He's now got the Folkestone job. He probably needs to stay at a club for a couple of years. Clearly, he wants to go down the managerial route, had an excellent playing career. Folkestone, you know, they might have got tonked Christmas, but they were getting gates of over a 1,000 each time. So there's definitely potential there on and off the field. Off the field, I think they're doing a great deal of work. Again, like a number of our clubs. They've just got to make sure they have a bit of um, stability and Andy Drury. And I, I think it probably is like folks and um, a little Neil Cugley hangover, isn't it? Been there for so long. Didn't work out for the joint managerial. Now Drury will go in and maybe put his marker on it. Neil Cugley not being involved on the footballing side anymore. will give Drury a chance to put his marker down and maybe not have Neil Cugley um, looking over his shoulder or not looking over his shoulder, always being involved. So I think it's, it's a break that folks have maybe needed. And now it's a chance for um, um, 
jury to put down a marker at the club. So he's like main aim, I think, this season is to get them, move them away from the relegation zone. And maybe in the summer, if they're going to invest in investment from the new owners, they're going to be higher up. So clearly his ambition is to be in the top five and going for playoffs and promotion. Absolutely. Uh, now 11 league games without a win for Margate and uh, still looking for their first win under Mark Stimson. And they're just two points above the drop zone after that defeat. And Matt, of course, also spoke to their manager, Mark Stimson. Yeah, very disappointing. You know, we come here today looking for the three points, uh, but the first half was uh, nowhere near good enough. Uh, I, I, I can't really comment on the, the penalty decision until I actually see it, but from where I was standing, I didn't think it was a penalty. So I didn't think the lad had control of the ball, uh, but it was given, and uh, obviously they've scored it, and then straight after, a couple of minutes later, they've got a second goal, and uh, no, that wasn't what we wanted from the first half. Spoke about winning the second half and trying to get back in the game. We looked a little bit more of a threat uh, going forward, but nowhere near uh, what I would like to have seen. And uh, we've got to, we've got to work harder uh, to maybe try and bring some players in to help this this squad we've got at the moment. I thought you started the game pretty well, and probably against the run of play they took school. Would you say that? Uh, listen, it's straight after the match, and sometimes my my thoughts are a bit you know blurred. But uh, we started the game okay, uh, but not again not. How we'd like to. I thought, you know, we tried to set up with a winger today, really, to get at the Folkestone fullback, but that didn't sort of materialise. I don't know if he, it was the quality balls to him, or actually when he got the ball, did he go on the outside enough? Probably a bit of both. But uh, no, to come away losing uh, on the 1st of January 2 0 at home is definitely not what we wanted. I can only praise the fans, especially at the end, they're still singing the Margate songs and we're right behind the team. And uh, just as the boys in there, they've got to appreciate that because to lose at home 2 0 against your rivals, Sometimes there might not be many people still standing around, but uh, full credit to those supporters. That was brilliant. You've been here a month or so. It's been a bit stop-start with games called off and such like that. You looked at the squad there. Is it in what sort of shape? Is it better than you thought it would be? Uh, when I come in, I looked at the squad. There wasn't many. It's not a big squad. Uh, and unfortunately, the last two games, we've not had uh, Sam Blackman, a captain, who's a, is a big miss. And also little Ollie Box, who we've had on loan from Dartford. For some reason, they took him back. They used him for to be a sub. And then the next game, they didn't even use him. So we'd be, like, we'd be trying our hardest to get him back into the uh, group. And uh, I think those two players bring creativity. And I think that's what we've lacked, obviously, today. And probably since I've been here, I think the squad needs a bit of creativity and maybe a bit more pace but uh, you asked all the managers that's what they're all looking for and it's not as easy as I'd like it to be. Is it difficult to bring players at this time of year because there's a lot of games coming on and you know the, the, the Christmas period? Yeah definitely you know with the Christmas period you know players have got families they've got commitments and maybe they're at clubs where they're sitting on the bench and getting on for 10-15 minutes and that suits them. I'm hoping uh, over the next week 10 days that changes and players want to start to come out now and play some game time and can come and help us. Would that be players from Essex or players still in Kent? Uh, that's all over. Yeah, that's all over. I've tried for a few Kent boys. I've tried for a few Essex boys. But uh, no, we're trying all over to try and bring players in. Like I said, it's not as easy as people would think because there are some uh, some decent clubs in both Essex and Kent. And uh, the players I'm looking at, they're all in the sort of top bracket. And to get them away from that and come and join us is, is, is a lot harder than I, I expected. You've got a budget, but I suppose position in the league doesn't help you, does it? Uh, possibly not. Uh, but like you say, you've got a budget and you have to work within that budget and uh, that's what we're trying to do. Um, and we will carry on to trying to do that. It's just a matter of just making phone call after phone call and just one you know, one day, like a lot of times, two or three players have come up and uh, the sooner that happens, the better for, for us. 2024, a big year for Margate with the ground developments as well. The most important thing is getting it right on the pitch as well. 
are correct. You know, the ground development sound fantastic, but like you say, you've got to have a team as well to perform because the surface here is, is, is second to none. The, the, the supporters that I've just said there have been absolutely brilliant. So now it's my job to help the group uh, get better and stronger. And, uh, you know, we've got three games coming up now. Just looked at that White Oak away in Concord at home. And then Bognor Regis at home, I think. So tough games, tough games, but uh, games we should be looking forward to. White Oak, I love going to White Oak. It's an old-fashioned ground. Where there's a lot of mud thrown around, and uh, it's roll your sleeves up time. And then that's where you see your characters. Have you got enough characters? Well, we'll soon find out. Uh, well, there's not been any new manager bounce there, has there, Matt? And, and, and I think, do you think maybe the job is bigger than Mark Simpson was expecting? Yeah, I, I, I will be concerned. From a Margate point of view, I've seen, I've seen two of those four games he's been in charge. Where are the goals going to come from? Um, clearly, they've only got one striker in Corley. Um, and it just didn't work. Folkestone, you know, had sort of played three at the back, Goodman and Davis, and just Margate had one up. He had absolutely no chance, Corley. He got Ben Greenhow, but Greenhow can't do it all on his own. Uh, he was coming deep for the ball. Everything pushed it forward easily dealt with so um i'm waiting for charlie stimson to come in i don't know because he hasn't been at um always with his dad i think he might have been at the game so but a striker is absolutely desperately needed from a from a margate point of view um but i feel for mark stimson because he's a good manager he's, he's had 20 games as a manager this season he had 16 at Grays and he didn't win and he's had four at margate and he hasn't won so and he's a better manager than that. So I think he's just going, I think he's realised that some of the players maybe aren't up to it. He's brought a few players in so far, but I think he needs a, a good striker. He would have come across Corley before because he's Essex-based, but he needs somebody up with him because, um, as somebody said, Margate put all their onions in one basket under Steve Corley and he needs some support because um, he's one up front, just doesn't work. Um, and if Ben Greenhouse not, providing any admission, then they're going to struggle. Generally speaking, how, how was the atmosphere at Margate? Was there a, a, a sort of sense of doom? I'm guessing once they <laughs> were one behind, there wasn't a lot of uh, cheering and, and, and clapping going on from the home supporters. No, all the majority of the home supporters were just giving any jury abuse through the game, which I don't really understand. Um, 557 there. No. Again, a bit like um, the team I support, when you're not winning matches for a considerable period, it just sort of becomes the norm and there's people aren't moaning because they expect it to happen. So Margate do need a, a restart somewhere. Maybe it'll help when the new stand comes up when, in February when they start working on that. But I think, again, his main thing, Mark Stimson, is right, just don't get relegated if Ramsgate are one of the sides who get promoted. They want to be in the same league as them next season to you know, to have two big games. Um, I would be concerned, but I think he needs a few, an injection of quality in the final third, um, or it could be a long, long season for Margate. Yeah, frustrating. As I say, you know, every time we talk about Margate, I feel like I'm saying the same thing. You know, we we, we want Margate to do well because they've got so much potential and it's a club that I've got a lot of time for. And I know, Matt, you live in the area, so you want them to do well. But it just seems that, you know, time and time again, it's just something that's not right. And, and you know, the frustration is that they they could easily be 
like Andy Drews is looking at the top five, but like Folkestone, you know, I don't think Folkestone are a bigger club than Margate. No. And that's no slight on Folkestone. I think they're both, you know, they're both sides that should be top of this league, if not in the league above. But I think it's just frustrating that everything Margate have done, it just doesn't seem to work. And, you know, people that I've got a lot of time for at that club, you know, they've got a good manager there. They've got some good players it just needs to click, doesn't it? Yeah, and I, 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 I think Mark Stimson is a good manager. If he can get in the players he works with, because his record is excellent. You know, maybe the last he hasn't had a good start this season, as I've previously commented on. But I think he needs to get his players in, work with them. He's a the kind of manager who improves players. So, and he's some of the Margate players. I say he's got his work cut out to do that. But I think he needs to bring in his players who he's worked with before and maybe trusts. Yeah, so Gate of John 0-0 at Cray Wanderers on Boxing Day. Well, actually, uh, the game was abandoned deep into stoppage time due to a head injury. Uh, but the game that they didn't decided for once, uh, that they would just finish the game at that, I think it was 95 minutes anyway. Uh, well, Chatham won 3-1 at Kingstonian. Uh, Folkestone was 5-0 at home to Hastings. Cray Wanderers beat third place to Enfield 3-0 on Friday. Uh, Folkestone lost 3-1 to Hashtag United uh, on Saturday. And then the other New Year's Day game saw a 0-0 draw for Cray Wanderers against Hastings, uh, while Chatham came from a goal down to beat Dulwich Hamlet and stay in second. Chatham hits a bogger on Saturday. Cray Wanderers host their former boss, Tony Russell's Lewis. Folkestone at home to Wingate and Finchley, while Margate heads to Whitehawk. And then on Tuesday, Cray Wanderers travel to face Bogner as well. Uh, the National League South continues to be a bit of a wasteland for our teams, apart from maybe Maidstone, uh, with inconsistency king once more over the festive period. Uh, before Christmas, we had three defeats and two draws. Uh, Wedding were beaten 4-0 at Bath. Dartford lost 3-0 at home to St Albans. Maidstone went down 1-0 at home to Chippenham. Well, Tunbridge drew 2-2 at Taunton in the game with three very late goals. And Dover and a 1-1 draw at Weymouth. Uh, the Boxing Day derbies ended 1-0 to Dartford at Welling and 1-1 between Tunbridge Angels and Maidstone. Uh, some goal in that one from Jordan Higgs, by the way. Uh, while the non-derby saw Dover and just their second win of the season with a 2-1 victory over Averley. Averley got instant revenge on Saturday with a 2-1 win in the return fixture while Dartford and Welling drew 1-1 and then on New Year's Day, Maidstone beat Tunbridge Angels by two goals to nil. Uh, the Stones, of course, have got FA Cup action to worry about on Saturday. Uh, they're at home to Stevenage. They've come into it on a win, Matt, so I'm sure it's just a case of there's nothing to lose for George Ellicobi on Saturday, is there? No, I'm there. I am at Maidstone and Stevenage Woo! on Saturday. Um, so You are the man of the FA Cup. Yes, I have. Yeah, I've had a good run in the FA Cup this year. Yeah, good bounce back when I saw them lose to Chippenham, didn't I? 23rd? Yeah, 23rd. Um, 1 0. Um, bounce back. Probably a bit unlucky not to do the double over Tunbridge, that wonderful goal by Higgs. Uh, looked good result against Tunbridge at home, but they always got a good record against them. Got a lot of players out who either cup title suspended based, and it will be difficult against Stevenage who will be big and strong under Steve Evans and a lot of Kent licks there, a lot of his links with Gillingham, a lot of players you've got at Gillingham, Dan Sweeney, former Maidstone player, we've got players born in Maidstone. It's going to be tough, um, but strange things have happened. Maybe this is Maidstone's year for the FA Cup, if they can cause another shock. But I expect Steve needs to be big and physical and Maidstone are missing a few players, so it will be tight, but it'll be a cracking atmosphere. 4,000 sell out. They'll be make plenty of noise. Fingers crossed they can um, at least get a draw out of it. Yeah, there's nothing to lose for me. So that's the thing. You know, all the pressure is on Stevenage. Um, you know, it's a, was it 12.30 kickoff? Yeah. Um, so, it. you know, the, the, it's not on the TV. So it kind of takes a little bit of the pressure away from Maidstone. Um, and I just feel like, you know, the, 
all, all of the question marks are, are for Stevenage. Stevenage have got nothing to gain from this because they're going to go into that game. If they come out of it with a 2-0 win, everyone will be like, well, well done, you beat Maidstone. Um, yeah. So that, that's it, it's exactly the same as it was against Barrow. And, and I, I guess with Amanchi having gone and, as you say, other suspensions and injuries, they're perhaps not as confident as they were going into the Barrow game. Um, but we, I guess time will tell, Matt. But, you know, as I say, it's, it's a great opportunity in the third round of the FA Cup and, and massive good luck to them. Yeah, it doesn't come around too often, mate. So Maidstone fans should enjoy that. You know, the, the supporters, and they're having a good season, John. They're fourth place in the league. Um, I'm sure at the start of the season, if you'd offered their fans, you know, you'd have a good effort, good cup run and you were going to be good chance you get in the playoffs. They'd take their hands off. So um, they needed that, that reboot. I was at the Dartford-Welling game. Yeah, you made me laugh about that on Saturday when we spoke on the phone, actually. You did make me laugh a lot. Um, I won't repeat what you said, but you made me laugh. All right, cool. Um, Welling with a last-minute equaliser. Again, Dartford huffing and puffing. Um, Welling probably had the more chances in the second half. I've seen Welling a few times this season. They're very inconsistent, but they've got a little bit of quality in there. I, I really like Danny Bloor as a manager. He's very upbeat very confident about his team. But, you know, they're eight points inside the drop zone, so they need to start winning games. They did celebrate that last-minute own goal like it was a win. Um, but now they've, they've, got to have, they've got to be looking at picking up points, getting some consistency, getting some results, because they've got no consistency at all. Well, from a Dartford point of view, Alan Dowson was very down afterwards, saying it's been a terrible year, 2023. They started it so well, being top of the table, then losing the playoffs and where they are now, 14th in the table. Um, it's, it, well, you... I guess a similar thing as I said about Margate. Well, what's the mood like at Prince's Park? Because, you know, we, we expect D- Dartford, we kind of expect Dartford to lose in the playoffs if we're being brutally honest, but we expect yeah. Dartford to be challenging. And I'd, I think since we've been doing this show, this is the worst performance we've seen from Dartford. Uh, so, so what's the what's the mood like around there? I did see some people on social media calling for Dowson to go. Do, do you think it's it, it's irreparable for him at the moment? I think he needs to have a good second half of the season to try and get them on the outskirts of the playoffs. I think, again, his dealings in the transfer market wasn't great. Interesting, in his interview he did, um, he mentioned how difficult it was to replace Conor Essam, who he mentioned with the Favisham, and Tom Bonner. He said that they were the heartbeat of the team, the centre-halves, they run the dressing room for him, and he couldn't get the characters who could do like that at the moment. And he's it's his job to go and find those characters. Clearly, they're giving him budget as well to bring, keep bringing players in. Um, Dartford aren't a club. You know, Steve King probably wasn't the right fit for Dartford. Alan Dowson, good in the community, good with the people. Again, with his interview, he said, oh, it's difficult where we can train because we have to train late because the kids are on the pitch or using the 3G. So, yeah, there is a little bit of concern there that... Um, it's not going in the right direction for them. And Dartford fans expect to be in the playoffs at least. And this time a year ago, they were top of the league, weren't they? After Tonkin Ebsley twice. So they've had a disappointing year. Maybe this is the time is a different one. They sneak in the playoffs and win it, John. So, um, but yeah, they need to pick up some results. And what about your boys? A, a second win of the season. It must have been uh, a great relief for that. And, and a shame that it was a late winner that did for you on Saturday. Well... As a Dover fan, it's quite fitting that the 2023 ended <laughs> with a last with a 95th minute goal that loses 
we've seen the back of 2023. As I say, I've got every faith in Jake LaBelle um, to get Dover, not necessarily out the drop zone because they're, I don't know how many points, 12, 15 points. They're going down, but at least get a bit of stability ahead for next season. So um, hopefully 2024 will be a little bit better. But yeah, um, I think I've worked it out. I've seen them about 27 times this season, uh, this year, and I've seen them win twice. So there you go. Well, and I haven't seen them win this season yet. Uh, in the league this weekend Dover at home they coach Truro I can't believe you've picked Maidstone's FA Cup tie over that mate uh, Tunbridge Angels meet Weymouth Welling are at home to Averley and uh, Dartford travel to face Western Supermare and then on Tuesday night the Stones are straight back into league action when they host Dartford in a big old derby game uh, all of that just leaves with the National League to talk through where Bromley held to a 2-2 draw uh, by Altrincham before Christmas while Mark Cousins opened his Ebb Street account with the last gasp equaliser in their 1-1 draw you all can't imagine though that the Ebb Street goalkeeper was probably the highlight of his Christmas uh, because he wouldn't have enjoyed the two following derbies. Probably won them both. Uh, 3-2 at Stonebridge Road on Boxing Day and then 5-1 at Hayes Lane on Saturday. I suppose the only positive I'm going to find for Ebbsfeet United, uh, apart from the fact that they finally got to use their goals, uh, their goalkeeper goal-scoring gift, um, is that there's still only three points from safety. I mean, four if you include goal difference. Um, at the turn of the year, though, Matt, I don't think any of us expected Ebbsfeet to be where they are, did we? Not at all. Um, maybe maybe we've done it. We thought the National League is not such a big jump. Maybe the standard of the National League, I've been out of it for a couple of seasons, so there wasn't a big difference between that and National South. But clearly there is because we've still got the four bottom sides um, at the bottom of the table. Um, yeah, Bromley are a good team, so you don't expect. We know what Bromley are like. Um, they're like a juggernaut, so it's going to be tough for them. They've got to start winning some matches. Uh, I see the owner went bankrupt, but it's been handed down to his brother. Um, so clearly, I think there doesn't seem to be anything going on with that. Everything will continue as as per usual. So on Epstein saying, I'm sure they've got, he's tried to bring players in. I know he won't go against the way he plays, but Will there be a time? But again, if you replace Dennis Katrib and you bring a manager in who doesn't play football, um, you have to sort of rip up that philosophy, don't you? But seeing a couple of goals they've conceded absolutely over Christmas, you know, my favourite playing it around the back and then you get caught out and you get punished, especially against a side like Bromley who are press, 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 press and will get the ball forward as quickly as they can. So... Yeah, um, I would be concerned from an Epstein point of view, but they've got enough quality in that squad to get back-to-back wins so or and move them up the table. But I'd be concerned from a, from a National League point of view, is the gap between North and South too much and it's going to turn into something like the Premier League? Yeah, that's an interesting thing, isn't it? Because obviously Maidstone went up and came straight back down. Yeah. Um, and you say, as you say, the bottom four um, for, for this season are the, are the four teams who promoted last season. And, and yeah, I guess... Is a big step, but but I wouldn't have thought, and and I probably with with having l- not a lot of knowledge of AFC Fylde, I'm surprised to see them down there as well, because you know I think that they've all seemed a bit like me to every street. They're, they're quite well run, they've got yeah. quite a solid team, uh, and for them both to be struggling does make you think that yeah maybe it is tough, and and you know well Kinnamans they've got to the fifth round of cup, so again yeah. they had plenty of money to get promoted, but they're not doing it either, so. And I wonder as well if last season, you know, because you had the two teams that ran away with it last season, 
did teams hold money back to go stronger this season? And I wonder if that's having an impact. So, you know, your teams, uh, and I suppose all the teams that were in the league last year had the bumper payday of coming, to, of having Wrexham and TV cameras come to visit. Yeah. So I guess they've, maybe they've all been a little bit frugal, a little bit careful, and they've kind of been able to build on it and, and maybe open that gap. So hopefully it's maybe just a one or two season thing now that, you know, the, the league's more even without the two massive teams in there that have that have done it. Maybe things will, will, will even out. But uh, It'll be interesting. You look at it, the teams that could come down into this league are, to me, non-league clubs in yeah. Forest Green and Sutton United. So has the National League had its heyday? If they, say, for example, Chesterfield go up and maybe Bromley go up from there, the other two that come down, it's, they're not sexy teams for the National League. And the National League's been a sexy league, isn't it? With these big teams fighting it out. Maybe they've had their their time and the the, the non-league clubs going up. The money club, the money in that division is going to go down a little bit. We we'll have to look at the standard. But from a Kent point of view, John, could we have no... If Maystone don't get promoted, absolutely go down and probably go up, could we have no Kent side in the National League, which for my workings out, would be for about 30 years we wouldn't have had a Kent side in. Could it happen? Well, of course it could happen. I mean, if, if you look at everything, take it all at face value, absolutely that could happen. It would be uh, amazing, really, because, you know, we... Well, a few years biased. ago, Kent dominated, wouldn't it? Yeah. Not Kent I mean, you say as the National League had its heyday. Well, I mean, let's not forget, Matt, your team once got to the playoff semi-finals in that division. So, you know, it's never <laughs> no, been no, better than that. That, that heyday ended dead in 2016, John. Yeah. After, it was dead to me after that. Absolutely. Uh, Fleet are home to Wheelstone on Saturday at Bromley, head to Maidenhead. Uh, that is it for the football chat. We've got through it all, Matt. We've we've survived the first show of 2024. Um, a long one. I'm, I'm sure you've recommended this before, um, but uh, at our household, well, not that we have a household yet, uh, Slow Horses has been all the rage this week. Unbelievable. What a programme. Like We literally watched the first episode um, and then we, we got through the first series in about three or four sittings I think absolutely loved it and then I went round to my mum and dad's and they didn't have Apple TV so I managed to loan them my password and I literally just showed them the first scene and they watched the first series even quicker than we did um uh, it's brilliant and the Gary Oldman character is one of the great TV characters uh yeah um I've watched the third series now brilliant I went back and watched over the Christmas period the first series again because I got I got given a book for Christmas about oh, nice. it. it's written on the book but I'm a few series ahead of what the TV has shown. So I'm going to go back and get the other books and read and watch ones on the telly. But yeah, if you, I'd recommend the Matthew Gerald Award for TV streaming channel of the year is Apple TV because I have not seen anything that's crap on Apple TV. Again, you have to pay. You might get it with your phone if you've got a thing, but if you can watch Slow Horses, um, uh, Ted Lasso's on that as well, Lasso and Shrinking. Very good programme. So. The morning show is supposed to be good, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I oh. need to get onto that as well. So yeah. there's plenty of, plenty of things to watch. Otherwise, we'll be watched. Not a lot, really. Um, I mean, let's be honest, there was a load of toot on over yeah, Ghosts, we do, we're a big fan of Ghosts, so we're sad that ended, but um, it was a nice ending. Um, but we need to sort of... Again, all I've watched this evening, John, is darts from my mobile phone. So uh, if I'm not watching football or anything, I'm watching it and say we need to... Me and my wife sit down and get a list of programmes because there's plenty out there. I think the people are raving about the post office programme on ITV saying you should watch that to realise how 
sometimes this country has got issues. Um, and there's various other bits and pieces. On Netflix, everybody's watching in about three, watching eight episodes in, in a session as well. So um, oh, that must you'll probably be out there. We'll report thing, back it? on What's that. What's it called? Uh, that, press it's the in the Harlan Coburn one, apparently. Yeah. Fool um, me once. That's what it's called. That's it. Yeah, and apparently that's that's um, very good that people are raving about that. I've watched a couple that. of ones he's done on Netflix before that have been yeah. really good. Um, yeah. A bit of mystery and everything like that. So yeah. I'm sure that'll be good. Um, it's got Taskmaster New Year's Treat to catch up on as well. Uh, you've got Taskmaster Champion of Champions 3 is on in a couple of weeks as well. Uh, I've watched, um, I started watching that post office thing earlier on. It's quite good. Yeah. Um, you should see how that's going to pay out. And yeah, it's... Uh, there's no need to swear. I have not. No, no. Apparently that's good. My daughter went to see that, my youngest, and she said it was great. And a lot of people have said that. So um, we'll probably wait till it comes to um, streaming but rather than cinema. But apparently that's that's worth going and watch if you're not watching football or want to go to the cinema, really. Because January, what happens in January? Not. Well, we're in that. Well, it's only a third, isn't it? So. Well, we need the official ranking because you hate October, you hate yeah. September, well, you hate it, November. Well, my, 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 my mother's birthday and my late father's birthday in January. So January's a good month because we used to do stuff um, uh, from that. So, yeah, could do that. Yeah, I, I, you know, January used to be full of snow, didn't it, when I was a kid? And we never get any snow anymore. But not that's because I quite like the, uh, the warmth weather. But, yeah, January's a good I don't mind January. Good. Well, we're pleased to know that that's okay um but yeah we're uh yeah just uh exciting well i had a nice christmas um bit of handful but that's by the by but it was really nice a nice uh i've never i've got to 42 matt and i've never had a big family christmas because it's always just been me my mum and my dad um but this year i was very um lucky to be invited to uh feast families christmas how many people were there then uh christmas day there was a dozen of us nice uh, and then another six were added into the mix on boxing day um, so, Nibbles on back, Boxing Day, leftover Christmas dinner. Yeah, that was basically it. Yeah, a bit of a, a, a very good spread uh, put on by uh, our good listening friend David. Um, so thanks for that, mate. And I hope, glad you enjoyed the nuts as well. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it was really nice, actually. Really nice. Um, they're just lovely people. So I'm very lucky uh, in that aspect. And uh, yeah, it was nice to be part of a big family Christmas. Lots of chat going on, lots of laughs and lots of booze. I mean, I did fall asleep about quarter past seven on Christmas night, uh, you know, but it had been it had been a busy few days. So, you know, fair play to me. Um, but, yeah, just uh, carried on Had a quiet new year, although it was quite there was someone in one of the gardens out the back of fees had a fireworks display. And they were I mean, obviously, they weren't as good as the London ones, but they were pretty darn good for a back garden fireworks display. So we watched them and, and literally they were right over us. We got a massive round of applause at the end and shouted thank you. I think they were appreciative. Um, yeah, it was it was just really nice and chilled. And that's what I'm aiming to do in 2024 is be nice and chilled. That's my uh, that's my attitude, although uh, there's a certain train company that don't want that to happen. But I won't talk about them. I'll have to say also shortbread biscuit. Marks and Spencer's shortbread biscuit. A delight, they John. There might, they might be 50p now because they try to get rid of them. So if you again, if you're in Marks's and they've got on there. Yeah. Yeah. As, as a man. And getting near the end of his 40s, nothing better than a shortbread biscuit. That's, again, I am getting old if I think said that, isn't it? 
Absolutely. Well, you 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 carry on, Grandad. We're well past your bedtime, uh, we are, so we'll yeah, wrap it up. It's now. a late yeah, one again. So um, it's a late one, and, and we know it's been a long we show. We must have gone thought, good as hour and a half here. Off, yeah, as we've had a week off, we thought we'd uh, fill you on on everything that's gone on, and hopefully everybody has enjoyed it. You can tell us on social media or on uh, Twitter slash X at Kent NL Podcast. Find us on Facebook, search for Kent Only Podcast, and the group Kent Non League Football Chats. Um, which has obviously been busy with the news of Sammy Moore's departure this week. Uh, you can also find us on Instagram and threads at Kent Nonley Podcast. I'm at John Phipps 81. Matt is at Matthew underscore Gerard. Uh, so do get in touch with us. If you've got anything you want to tell us at all about the world of Kent Nonley football or anything that we should be watching on the TV. Uh, thank you to all six of our guests uh, for their time this week, especially one of them as he's no longer in his job, uh, which is very disappointing <laughs> for him. Uh, and of course, thank you to Matt Gerard for staying up late. He's probably missed out on two shortbread biscuits as well what an absolute travesty uh, and yeah thank you everybody for listening and we'll speak to you all next week on the kent only podcast welcome to 2024 again it's going to be a good interesting year those biscuits